0: Hi, this is Welcome to the End Times from Chipperish Media. I'm story expert and demon who invented selfies, Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm a Southern Fried scholar and a bit of a fallen angel, Dr. Kelly Jones. And we're here today to talk about Saturday Morning Fun Time, Good Omens Season 1, Episode 4. This episode was written by Neil Gaiman and directed by Douglas McKinnon. Of course you can trust me. I'm an angel. So let's go stop Armageddon.
1: (laughs) In Saturday morning fun time, the lost city of Atlantis rises from the sea, and Adam and his friends play in the woods around Lower Tadfield as Adam talks of
0: whales and Tibetans digging tunnels and aliens coming to Earth. You know, kid stuff. Aziraphale goes jogging with Gabriel, trying to get the word to the Almighty that Armageddon is coming, but he knows where the Antichrist is and wants to stop the war. Gabriel is not responsive. Up in heaven, the Archangel Michael is suspicious of Aziraphale and shows Gabriel pictures of Aziraphale and Crowley together. Michael calls Liger and tips him off about Crowley. Crowley, meanwhile, is trying to find a place to run. Alpha Centauri, perhaps. The International Express delivery man brings a crown to pollution
1: and it instantly turns corrupt and black in their hands. Back in his truck, the delivery man sees who his next package is for, writes a goodbye note to his wife, then sees death as he gets hit by a truck. His delivery is a simple message. Come and see. On his way to Tadfield, Newt comes across a couple of aliens with a message of peace and goodwill. And then a little bit later, runs his car off the road, avoiding two Tibetans tunneling up through
0: the asphalt. Adam and the Them bring Newt to Anathema's cottage, where she tends to his injuries. Adam hears voices whispering, make it happen, make it real. And when his friends leave, he snaps at them. Meanwhile, Haster meets a bunch of demons in the fields of Megiddo, only to discover when Warlock arrives that the great plan for the big war is missing an Antichrist. While Crowley watches a movie, Haster reports
1: that Warlock is not the Antichrist. He threatens Crowley, and Crowley runs. Meanwhile, at Jasmine Cottage, Ananthema brings Newt up to date, and Newt tells her that Adam Young is the Antichrist. In the woods, Adam forces his friends to come with him
0: and discusses his plans to end the world, except for the four of them. Crowley rushes to find Aziraphale and asks him to run off to Alpha Centauri with him. Aziraphale sends him away. He wants to stay and try to stop the war. At Crowley's house, Haster and Leaker show up looking for Crowley. Crowley takes Leaker out with holy water, destroying the demon completely, and then races through the phone line with Haster in chase. Crowley comes out of the phone, but Haster gets caught in the answer machine. Michael,
1: Uriel, and Sandalfoot confront Aziraphale outside his bookstore. They hit him, shocking him. They're angels! They're bad, bad angels, y'all. They're bad angels. They're such bad angels. (laughs) Aziraphale is going to register a complaint. At the Witchfinder office, the pen Shadwell put in Lower Tadfield to track Newt pops out repeatedly. Madam Tracy gives him the money to take a train to Tadfield and save Newt and he decides to go get more money from Aziraphale. At Jasmine Cottage, Ananthema and Newt have sex during a tornado as it was foretold, while Adam rants at
0: his friends, further terrifying them. At the bookstore, Aziraphale summons the Metatron, the voice of God, and says he knows where the Antichrist is and they can stop the war. The Metatron says they don't want to stop it, they want to win it. The Metatron orders Aziraphale back to heaven. Shadwell breaks into the bookstore and accuses Aziraphale of being a demon and gets out his bell, book, and candle to banish him. While he's engaging in this theater of the absurd, he accidentally backs Aziraphale into the summoning circle, which is still charged up from the visit with the Metatron, and Aziraphale vanishes. All right, so Dr. Jones, tell me, how did you like Saturday Morning Fun Time? So this is not my favorite Mm-hmm. of the run
1: of the show I mean there are things in here that are delightful yes but I am just wanting more of mm-hmm. Crowley and Aziraphale um although I have to say the opening with the pleasure cruise captain yeah was sort of fantastic <laughs> you know and, and he right. is so nonchalant and mm-hmm. charming mm-hmm. you know the high priest has just won the court uh is it quits I don't. What is that? I looked it up. It's it's kind of like shuffleboard.
0: Is it okay? Because like, I've never heard that word before.
1: Yeah, apparently it's a game one plays on a cruise ship. Oh well, okay then.
0: So you uh, know. clearly, I have been hanging out with the wrong crowd. <laughs> I know the games that people play in the alleys between the Seven Eleven and the drugstore. But oh, there you go. There you go.
1: Like you down for blackjack and poker? I'm your girl. But you, you start go. playing games on a pleasure cruiser. I don't know what you're talking about. But I did. I thought he was really mm-hmm, charming. Mm-hmm. And the whole Atlantis people yeah. coming on board the ship and all of that was really cute.
0: What about yeah. you? Um, I th- uh, <laughs> You know, I mean, again, like, okay, I've got the whole narrative issue with the fact that each of these episodes is not an independent narrative in and of itself. So, like, you have to look at it with all six episodes, so it's weird for me to talk about, like, each individual episode because I can't mm-hmm. really apply the narrative discussion until we get to the end. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I didn't I didn't care for the cruise ship thing. I didn't care for the aliens coming down out of the sky. I didn't, like, the Tibetans tunneling up through it. Like, all that absurd stuff does mm-hmm. not necessarily really appeal to me that much. Um, again, I am here for Crowley and Aziraphale. Yep. Um, I loved a lot of, I loved everything with Crowley and Aziraphale, the one scene we get, you know, <laughs> um, I loved, uh, Aziraphale dealing with the, uh, the demon angels, which I okay, yep. I can't call them demon angels because we define our terms here and that is confusing, but the bad angels, you know, bad, the, the bad angels, angels themselves are not actually that much better than the demons that Crowley is dealing with. Um, and Aziraphale struggling so much you know, trying to do what's right. And I, I, there's this one moment that I just absolutely love when um, when uh, Gabriel, they're running, right? And he goes, you're a lean, mean, fighting machine. And then he runs away and he's like, what are you? And Aziraphale goes, soft. Yeah. <laughs> and I was soft. like, oh my God. I mean, really, so much, like the best part of this narrative is Aziraphale's internal conflict mm-hmm. with being good. You know, and with being strong and like, but he, he is kind of weak, you know, and he is kind of a coward. And so trying to like, for him to try to find his courage through this process. And I mean, one of the things that I actually like about this episode is that this is kind of the episode where he really does. Like, he challenges Gabriel. He mm-hmm. challenges, he stands up to the angels, you know, or not stands up to them that much. But when they come down, like when he's up in heaven, he's kind of like, oh, okay, okay, you know. Um, but when he's down in um, by his bookstore and the three of them come and Sandalfun hits him in the stomach, which is a terrible, terrible thing, the shock and betrayal on Zerfels' face is just oh, my God, it's awful, you know? Um, we're angels, you know? Um, so I kind of like that in that moment, like, he really does find his courage. And he um, he has this moment where Crowley comes from and says, I'm going to Alpha Centauri. Come with me, right? Yeah. And you have to understand, like, he has loved Crowley for 6,000 years. Mm-hmm. And here they are at the end of the world, right? The The cowardly you know, choice to make in that moment is to just go with the man that you love and run, you know, but he wants to stay. He wants to save the world, you know, um, and he's not going to leave if there's a chance that he can avert this war. And, um, and even with Crowley, you know, and he loves Crowley, you -hmm. know, and Crowley loves him. I mean, I love that Crowley could have just, you know, hot footed it out of there. But instead, he came for Aziraphale. Like, honestly, I love that. I think that's fantastic. But I love Aziraphale kind of finding his courage. He summons the Metatron, you know. And it's, it's one of the, like, the decision, the choice at the moment where he turns down Crowley. And Crowley comes in and says, I'm sorry, I apologize. Whatever it was, I'm sorry. You know, and he's apologizing. So it's not just about the, you know, the fight. It's that he is not going to abandon Earth. He's not going to abandon these people.
1: And that moment was so heartbreaking because, you know, know. Crowley is like, okay, hell realizes that this is my fault. We need to Mm -hmm. run away together. You know, angel, I'm sorry. And I'm like, first of all, oh, my God. When he calls him angel. Oh, yes. But, you know, Aziraphil's trying to tell him, you know, no, I'm trying to talk to God. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to stop this. And Crowley says, you're so clever. You know, how can somebody as clever as you be so stupid? Oh, and and so, you know, Crowley is, is unraveling this last little bit of fate that Aziraphale has. Yeah. And Aziraphale just comes back with, I forgive you. I know.
0: Oh, my God. Oh. Is
1: that not the most beautiful, wonderful expression of love? It's so beautiful. And, of course, you know, Crowley being Crowley takes oh. off and leaves and it's like, when I'm in the stars, I won't even think about you. And you're right. like, oh, honey. No. Yeah. Um, but Aziraphale had that chance, you yeah. know, to just run away with him. And he, he's really trying yeah. to make a difference. And, and when, you know, Michael and the, the bad angels show up for him, you know, first of all, I love that when they accuse him of consorting with the enemy, you know, they say, don't think your boyfriend in the dark glasses will yeah. get you special treatment in hell. He's mm-hmm. in trouble too.
0: Yeah. And
1: Aziraphale does not dispute. Yeah. Yeah
0: this i love that it just stands he doesn't deny it he doesn't deny it there's no panic there that oh my god they might think i'm gay like exactly yeah i love that it's not
1: it's not that at all and i love that it Mm -hmm. just stands yeah but then he's he's telling the angels he's like that's what being human means Mm -hmm. making choices and Mm -hmm. our job as angels is to keep all this working yeah and then you know uriel comes back with well you think too much and they hit him yeah Um, And so you really see him taking on this critical thought, you know, trying to get in touch with God, trying to make this argument, this case Mm -hmm. that we don't have to let everyone kill each other. Like there, there is another way to end this. And he's willing to stay and fight, even though he's getting the sense that it is hopeless.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I really love that. And I also love, too, that like when he makes that choice. It's not about what kind of angel am I? He mm-hmm. hasn't had an existential crisis. He hasn't even looked his own coward cowardice in the face yet, you know? But it's about I I am not going to leave these people, you know, to die, to suffer and die. Like I you know, so I kind of like that that we're not even textually acknowledging his struggle with his own cowardice. We're seeing him very organically Rise above it,
1: you mm-hmm. know,
0: and I love that. I also love when you mentioned critical thinking this moment with Crowley where he's yelling at God, yes, you know, and he says, I only ever asked questions, that's all it took to be a demon in the old days, right? So, we find out that his sauntering vaguely downwards was simply asking questions, it was the punishment. For critical thought and then you know we've got the garden of eden right mm-hmm. they eat from the tree of knowledge and then once they have knowledge they are expelled you know so this idea that that critical thought has been demonized you know mm-hmm. literally demonized you know that if you ask questions that's all you have to do to become a demon and that's all crowley did was right. ask questions, you know, um that is such a beautiful and evocative and crunchy piece of world building. We don't do anything with it, but no. I love it,
1: but I love it, and i I loved you know Crowley and Azerohil both talking to God in their own mm-hmm. way,, mm-hmm. and Crowley has so much anger. You know, and, and I guess rebellion in him yeah. where he's like, no, I'm, I'm out. I'm done with this. But he's yelling at God, you know, you shouldn't test them to destruction, not yes. to the end of the world. Yes. You know, so you have this fallen angel, this demon asking essentially for yeah. God to have mercy on the humanity that she created. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but that whole scene with Crowley, you know, where should I go? Not the moon. There's no gravity.
0: Papers in the air.
1: Oh my god! Oh, I
0: love that.
1: The extremely big book of astronomy (laughs) and all the pages (laughs) coming out. Extremely big. It's so great. Mm -hmm. But then, if you pause it Mm -hmm. at one certain place and you see the red fiery planet, and you zoom in, it is labeled Gallifrey. And the Doctor <gasps> oh, Who. Oh my God! Yes, and I looked it up and double checked an interview I with Neil Gaiman that. to be sure. Yeah, but oh my oh. God, the Doctor Who Easter eggs in this make me so freaking happy.
0: Well, I know that you know this. Not everybody may know this, but Neil Gaiman wrote some of the best episodes of Doctor Who that exist.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, yes. mm-hmm. it's
0: it's so it's yeah. so delightful. Yeah,
1: and um and I went back to the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um and the life. License plate on Mr. Young's car, yeah, is TARDIS built backwards. Oh, and then when he god. meets Look Crowley, you he calls him Doctor. All the
0: details.
1: Well, I'm a Doctor Who nerd, um, <laughs> I love so it. oh my god, it made me so freaking mm-hmm. happy, you know. And then we get the little exterminate from the kids when they're talking about yes. you know what they yes, would say. Yes, they yes, they I, I actually caught that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I missed the it other was, two. So it we was had a so Doctor good. Who free in this. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But it's funny because there's actually some similarity between Mm -hmm. Crowley and Aziraphale and the doctor, you know, where they're essentially trying to save a planet that is Mm -hmm. not theirs. Yeah. You know, um, and, and there's, there's deep love and there's fury in the doctor and it comes across in each of them in ways that I just, I find absolutely wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, somebody on Twitter said they're doing a drinking game whenever we say delight. So I'm trying to limit my delightfuls. (laughs) But I am so fucking delighted. So drink, baby. They will um, die. Yes. I am
0: very sorry. Please, I know. I know. Drink responsibly. But. Please speak to your doctor before doing a drinking game based on us saying the word delight. Yeah. Because Especially. That's in the show. No, I um, love I love the whole. I mean, we actually, you know, like have this bingo card idea that I've been <laughs> Yeah, we need like, to do like, the bingo. Lonnie tortures a metaphor. That's a bingo card. Like Bonnie <laughs> <laughs> says need specifically to delight me. That's a bingo card. It would be Lonnie really talks fun. about terroir. That's a bingo card. <laughs> um, so like, <laughs> But yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: It's great. Um and the other thing that really delighted me in this. Besides Crowley and Aziraphale, which was mm-hmm. which was great, um, there were two things that that really stood out to me, mm-hmm. and one is pollution.
0: Oh, being
1: a non-binary character with no. the pronoun of they, I love
0: that they gave them, them the great. pronoun of they. It was so yes. fantastic. And the um, the delivery man though kept calling them sir. Yes, you know, yes. even though I think if I was to look at that character, mm-hmm. I would read that character coded as more feminine than masculine. Yeah. Um, but I love that it's a non-binary. I love that it's a they. I love I mean, oh, my God, just that little bit of yeah. non-binary representation inches us toward more normalization. Yes. It you was know? so great was to wonderful. see. It was so, and not so a big great deal. to see. Not no a big deal. We didn't make a big deal out of it. I Not a big deal that. at all. Yeah. Um.
1: And and Crowley watching the claymation cartoon at the theater
0: mm-hmm. oh, was God. so. It was just so <laughs> and cute
1: and so out. funny. But the bunnies that are yes. on screen, mm-hmm. Neil Gaiman voiced the noises of the bunnies. Aww. And which I thought was really great. And it was it. like that's so cute. It's yeah. so cute. Mm-hmm. Um. So those two things made me really really happy. And then we get. The thing that just lit up my heart to no Mm -hmm. end—that that that may it may overshadow even Gallifrey. Yeah, was Aziraphale dancing? Oh, oh God! (laughs) The The joy, (laughs) yes, the absolute joy on that man's face. Mm -hmm. And somebody took that clip of him dancing the gavotte and set it to Queen Somebody to Love. Oh, with perfect timing. And Aww. it is on Twitter, and everyone should watch it.
0: Oh, I need to see that.
1: It's That's absolute so magic. Like the fandom and the response mm-hmm. to this show has been as much fun for me as actually watching and yes. loving the show. Yes, um, especially this week when we mm-hmm. hear about the people signing the petition. Oh my god! To I know. We got to talk
0: about that. Oh right? Oh my god! It's sending it to Netflix. I know. The Twitter? The, okay, for everybody, for everybody who doesn't, who hasn't like seen this, because there actually are, I believe some people who aren't on Twitter. It's weird. Um, wow. Anyway, yeah, I know. They're out there. A Christian group uh, decided that uh, Good Omens was celebrating Satanism, you know, um, because they ironically had a group of Satanist nuns, right? And so they freaked out and they got this. You know, petition and they had like 20,000 signatures and they sent it to Netflix, which is great because Good Omens is produced by Amazon Prime. It's so great. And then Amazon retweeted that. I mean, Amazon
1: Prime tweeted this (laughs) and said, Hey, Netflix, we'll cancel Stranger Things, which is a Netflix show, if you cancel (laughs) Good Omens. (laughs) And then Netflix UK responded to the petitioners and said, Okay, we won't do it again. Okay, let like, will do it again. <laughs> oh, it's so great! Like it is so. I absolutely
0: love it. So great. It's so
1: I think great. that Netflix and Amazon have an arrangement, mm-hmm. like Crowley and Aziraphale. Oh, and which it's one so is Aziraphale? Great. Oh, well, I, I mean, know.
0: clearly Amazon is evil, so Amazon is yeah. Aziraphale. I mean, it's, it's Crowley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Amazon would have to be Crowley, but yeah. I mean, but then again, Netflix canceled Buffy,
0: so I'm torn. Um, Yeah, no, that is a hard... No, no, Amazon. Amazon absolutely wins. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Amazon Amazon is evil, but I can't live without it. Hussam Minaj (laughs) does this great half hour of Patriot Act, which is on, by the way, Netflix. Um, And uh, does this great half hour about Amazon where he's like, I know they're evil. I know they're awful. I know they treat their workers terribly. But they deliver stuff to my house in a day. <laughs> you know? and he's like, I can't, I can't quit Amazon. So I get it. You know, we're all in the pocket of Amazon. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess they but, won't be promoting this podcast. Uh, yeah, probably fine. not. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. probably not. But that's probably okay not. because yeah. you know
1: we go in league with the the forces of darkness when we have to. Yes, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but that whole exchange was yeah. just priceless it was yeah. it just made me so happy I couldn't even it, it it's was it was
0: really really fun it was really really fun okay so here's the thing um okay one quick thing that I want to talk about um which was just a little detail that I noticed Aziraphale's outfit mm-hmm. is that actually like hundreds of years old because I just realized and I mean honestly like I I realized it. I noticed it when he was jogging with Gabriel how ragged his vest under his coat is And I was like, oh, that's weird. It looks like he spilled bleach on it or whatever. And then I went back and I was like, has it always been like that? Was there a bleach scene that I missed? Like, I don't remember this. I went back and looked and it's always been really worn and really, you know, kind of like, like faded out in a lot of places. And it's a detail in the costume that I had never picked up. But it's like he's been wearing that same outfit for hundreds of years. Yeah.
1: Well, he said he kept the coat clean for thousands of years. Yeah. You know, or hundreds yeah. of years, a long yeah. freaking time.
0: Yeah. 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 I don't know. Maybe Crowley because... gave it to him. Yeah. Oh, the coat <laughs> doesn't look that old, but the vest, the vest yeah, the looks really old. Um, And I mean, I love the outfit. The outfit's fabulous, and I cannot wait for Halloween when people go out. To oh, Mrs. Crowley God. And yes. Fill. Yes. Because the next they absolutely con. Have to do that. Oh, Where everybody's man. dressed up like that. I oh, know. my
1: God. I yeah.
0: know. I'm going to love it. It's so
1: And great. And there were a couple of really great little fun things in here. Uh huh. Like, The international delivery man has a name. He's
0: Leslie. He has a real name. Leslie. And we got to see Maud, who is goddamn adorable. Oh, and she's
1: I Maud was there for
0: thirty seconds, but she was adorable and I loved her. I loved the way she's given him like these people clearly been married for a long time. (laughs) She's Uh just flirting with him as he goes to work it's so sweet it's so sweet i yeah. love you tiger it's so cute I know. it's, it's so, so cute. cute and then that makes it all the more sad at the mm-hmm. at the point where he's doing the delivery for death yeah. he sees who he's doing the delivery for and he just writes this little note i love you Maude. and it's leaves so it behind for her and then walks out the tr- the truck passes him you know and he looks like he's just escaped it but of course then sees his dead body on the floor and delivers his message to death and it's um the the, the international express delivery man i mean a lot of this stuff that's on the aside mm-hmm. i don't typically care for that much mm-hmm. you know it's like it doesn't Okay, get ready to drink. It doesn't delight me. But <laughs> um, but this, I thought, was, I don't know, there's something. I, I enjoyed that scene in the book, and I enjoyed it here. I think because we do have this moment of just really lovely humanity from this character in the middle of one of those kind of absurdist, funny yeah. little asides that they do. You know, yeah,
1: I, liked I, it. I really liked when he told Maude that the head office said this job was booked 6,000 years ago. I know. That's so cute. It was so cute. And, um, but I, I really wanted, so usually when I watch the show, I have closed captioning on. Yes. Because I Mm want to make sure I get the dialogue right. Mm -hmm. And I wanted so badly for Death's dialogue to be in all caps
0: yes but i know wasn't. right because that's how it is in the book yeah yes. yeah but whenever it wasn't. death speaks it's in all caps yeah So, and
1: maybe they can't do that on closed captioning but
0: it's possible that they might have standards that they have to yeah maybe to keep with i think yeah. my closed captioning i don't know if i noticed Because usually my closed captioning is all all caps, like it's always everything. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I don't know. I think it depends on the settings or whatever the internal settings are or whatever. Okay, but yeah. Well, I would have liked to have seen that, and then I had I
1: had like a technology happy moment. Ooh, um, because Michael calls Liger down in hell. Yes. Um, and first of all, they get fantastic reception. They but do
0: get fantastic reception. Her little glowing, yeah, uh, that iPhone,
1: yeah. that like super magic phone. And I was like, anyway, "All right, she Lonnie, blows
0: on it to make it stop." Uh huh. I was like, "What do you think of the angelic technology?" Um, I loved it yeah of course I loved it I have uh I don't know have we I think we've addressed my my weirdness with technology how much I love technology in this in this uh podcast but um I know I've talked about it every single okay another bingo card for Lonnie Lonnie talks about technology um But I loved the, uh, I loved Michael's phone. I loved how glowy the effect was, Um, you know, that it looks like a a smartphone that any one of us would have, Mm -hmm. you know, and yet it's, you know, it's just this glowy kind of magical iPhone. Um, So I really did enjoy that. I thought that was very cute. I thought that was very cute too. Um, And cute. We got some
1: really, I think a couple of of cute, really cute moments from the Mm -hmm. them Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when they are at Ananthema's house and she offers them candy. Yes. You know, Pepper and Brian are like, we don't take sweets from witches. But <laughs> Winsley Dale says, I do. I do. <laughs> I do. And I like him kind of doing yeah. his own thing, yeah, you know. And very sweet. And, and then Pepper had a moment where she just stole my freaking heart. She was, mm-hmm. they were talking about whales.
0: Yeah.
1: And she's like, well, if they're so clever, what are they doing in the sea all day? <laughs> Just swimming and eating things. And, oh,
0: my God, I want to be a whale. Uh, It was so cute. It was so cute. Pepper really is the best. I love her in the beginning where she's like, if I was an alien, I would be going around giving messages of global peace and goodwill. I'd say this is a laser blaster. Prepare to die, rebel (laughs) swine. I was like, Pepper's my girl. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's very cute. She was very cute.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And I also really like the triplet demons. Um, mm-hmm. But I felt bad for them because Haster is an asshole.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, he's just blowing people up left well, and right.
0: He's a, he's a demon. So, yeah, I mean. But he's like, know. I don't know. And they're particularly of them. vicious. He can go yeah, through them,
1: I guess. I guess. <laughs> uh, but I really like the one of them that changed the forces of darkness to Dark Force One.
0: Right. Oh, like, that's yes. so cute.
1: Right for economy, baby. Yeah, that's Absolutely. awesome. Um, <laughs> and of course, Crowley ends in, in selfies.
0: Mm-hmm. oh that right was, exactly that was so
1: funny but i did not get the one big avocado joke did
0: you get that joke i i, I thought it was another absurd thing okay it's just because it's weird i, like, I did I mean, not get it i, I think just... that's the i think the joke is I, okay if somebody out there has another reading of that joke i just thought it was one of those you know we grow avocados it's just funny because yeah. it's so it's so bizarre it's so that's absurd it's gonna be a big you
1: know? avocado i'm like okay i don't I have a yeah. fairly flexible, dirty mind, and I just didn't get it. <laughs> I don't
0: get it. So maybe it's just something incredibly
1: obvious that I I'm missing. I thought it was
0: absurd. I, I I don't think it was anything more than that. It's just it's just like the are two ideas in conflict with each other. You know. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Well, I don't know. Um. But then we get to like a section of this that I did not love. Mm-hmm. Um. Which is Anathema and Newt, and oh, I like them God. separately. But together, they have no chemistry. And maybe that's the point because they're, you know, they're having sex because it's in the book that they're going to have sex. So maybe it's supposed to be really, really bad. But I just
0: terrible.
1: I I really feel like I have to make a couple of PSAs here. Yeah. So one is (laughs) if there's somebody in your bed and you're going through their belongings while they're unconscious and you find a Witchfinder Army badge in their wallet, don't fuck them yes like like don't fuck
0: the witch finders don't fuck that shit right
1: right like (laughs) yes take away their matches no do not fuck them like this is this is a simple flow chart that you can follow and and okay my other question is and again fairly flexible and dirty mind Mm -hmm. but sex under a bed
0: no i i like no it's terrible it's terrible for a million reasons first of all It's the end of the world, and Agnes is writing about who Anathema has sex with, like, because please, in the middle of Armageddon, we must have a woman giving sex to a man, not to mention the fact that it is his first time, right? So he is going to be inexperienced. They're in the middle of a tornado. And the thing is that, you know, when you're with somebody who it's their first time, you got to take some time to like teach them how it all works. You know, you don't put somebody behind the wheel of a car without showing them the gear shift. You know what I'm saying? So like there's that and they have no time for that. Right. So it's this whole, like, it's all weird and it looks like it's terrible. And the, when they kiss, it looks like two blocks of wood smashing together. It's terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. The whole bad. thing as a sex scene is terrible. Plus the romance, like the there's no chemistry. There's no sense of these two as like being fated to be together. Like it's all so weird, and um, and I I don't know. Like it it drives me crazy that like. I mean, I get like you know in the fiction. Agnes gets the the visions that she gets. She sees mm-hmm. what she sees. And if that's what she saw, then she wrote it down. But at the same time, two male authors wrote this fictional story. Like yeah. that is a deliberate choice that they said, okay, so here we have this Brilliant woman whose entire life has been about defining these prophecies that 400 years of her family couldn't figure out. She figures everything out. She goes to this place. She does all this stuff, right? But her job is to be, you know, the woman that Newt fucks. And that to me is so irritating. It grates on me, you know, because basically her job through this whole thing, after everything that she does is to be the woman that Newt fucks and be the woman that brings Newt to the other thing that he can fuck up. Yeah. Right? With, yeah. Which we get to later with the um with the computers. Right. So it I'm like, me crazy. what is
1: even the point? Like yeah. what is even the point of them having like I could pick because because other Newt's a man and he needs to be in get the sex. story. I guess. Like yeah. before he dies, so yeah. oh poor baby it's the end of the world. Let me roll you under the bed. Like I, Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I, no. No. Mm -hmm. It's just terrible. It's just terrible. It's just terrible. It's just terrible. It's it's (laughs) it's it's just bad. Um and then we get, you know, much more of Shadwell than I wanted. Um even though it was fun to see Mm -hmm. the pen in the map catch on fire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he admits to being a bad man, even though it's for the wrong reasons, but then he doesn't do a damn thing to change. Right. You know, and then he comes and burns down a fucking bookstore. And Which of Zirphal. all the
0: things that Shadwell did, oh, God. like that is the thing I know you will never forgive. Never, never. Burned down the bookstore.
1: Never. No, <laughs> he is yeah. he is the literal worst. Mm-hmm. And but before like he lights it on fire, there were two kind of funny, great things here. Mm-hmm. When it, um, we go to the bookstore with Aziraphale and he's trying to call on God. I love that he has this round rug that perfectly covers the rune on his floor. Like, it is exactly the same size. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Aziraphale says, I'm looking for a higher authority. Is anybody there? Mm -hmm. So he's expressing a little bit of doubt and concern. And then when the Metatron answers, we see that Aziraphale doesn't even know the voice of God. Mm -hmm. Like, he's this angel, and he's supposed to be connected, and he has all this faith, but he's never actually talked to God. Yeah you know which i just thought was really interesting and mm-hmm. you know you see him so badly wanting to save everyone and all of his hopes just die
0: wait a minute though but he has spoken to god god well, came to him after oh, last yeah, week oh yeah that's right last so then, week god came to him and said where's the flaming she sword she did
1: so when he said yeah. is this the voice of am i talking to god how does yeah. he not know that that's not her voice maybe god takes different forms at different uh, times maybe i mean i guess it's god yeah, because I was like you know, yeah, yeah, you're right. He has heard from God before. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, that was yeah, confusing to me. Um, you know, and when the Metatron says we thought a multi nation nuclear exchange would be a nice start, you just see mm-hmm. his you know, his face just crumples.
0: Yeah.
1: Um but then, you know, Shadwell busts in and shenanigans ensues. But I did think <laughs> I did think it was it was cute. It was funny for this one little section. Shadwell says, "You monster, seducing women to do your evil work." And Aziraphil's like, "I think you've got the wrong shop."
0: No, oh, oh,
1: like that was funny that to was me funny. with my mm-hmm. head cannon about Azir Phil. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Michael Shane said, "Oh, fuck!" Yes. so perfectly,
0: mm-hmm. he nailed
1: it, and he brought that to life, and it was yeah. wonderful to see. It is really nice. But, you know, stupid fucking Shadwell and a stupid fucking fire setting the bookstore ablaze. And, like, I don't give a damn that it's Armageddon and the end of the world and aliens and witches and the Antichrist. Like, you don't burn down a goddamn bookstore.
0: (laughs) There are certain things that are sacred. Amen. Shadwell.
1: I mean, damn it. Yes. Yes. So, I hate him quite a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's not good. Even Michael McKeon, who I usually like, Mm -mm. is not saving Shadwell for me. No.
1: I don't I don't think that
0: character can be
1: saved. And that's okay, because sometimes there are characters that we're supposed to hate. And this is mine,
0: I guess. And that's fine. (laughs) I think that that's fine. All right. So Dr. Jones, this entire episode, which, eh, you know, eh, it's okay. Right? (laughs) Um, What's your favorite adaptation? So, my favorite
1: adaptation is the whole scene of Crowley trying to decide where to go.
0: Yeah.
1: And the extremely big book of astronomy with the flying pages and (laughs) Gallifrey and the Doctor Who references. But just him yelling at God and floating Mm. the globe and sending the book flying and all the places that he's trying to decide between is just wonderful. It is. It's
0: really nice. What about you? Well, I mean, I think my favorite adaptive choice is kind of like the same Adaptive choice that they have kind of like run through all of these episodes, which is the pressure that the uh, the bad angels are putting on Xerophel. Like we've always had, you know, even in the book, we've got the uh, the demons that are coming after Crowley, you know, Uh, to have this pressure on Xerophel Mm -hmm. and to have Xerophel kind of really face them down and still continue to fight. Um, I really like that. I think that it's it's good. I'm not sure that they utilize the antagonism of both sides terribly well, but I like that they've at least got it. Yeah. You know, they've at least got a matching pressure coming down on Aziraphale the way that they do on, on Crowley.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So what's your favorite part overall in this episode? Oh, God. It's got to be Aziraphale dancing the gavotte. Aww. It's just so great. Very <laughs> so, I will watch that clip over and over and over
0: again. Aww. It's so okay. good. So what about you? What's your favorite part? Um, Crowley. Crowley could mm. leave, could just go, mm-hmm. could just bounce. But he comes to get Aziraphale, runs out of the car. I'm sorry. I apologize. Whatever. Just yeah. get in the car and come with me. Because yeah. he doesn't want to go anywhere without Aziraphale. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love that so much. He just pulls out of that car and jumps out and says, angel. Angel. Yes,
1: Uh. honey. (laughs) 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 It's so good. So we want to hear about your favorite part. To so join in the discussion on Twitter, follow Lonnie
0: at Lonnie Danrich and me at Dr. Kelly Jones and use the hashtag Chipper End Times. Welcome to the End Times and everything Chipperish Media produces is made free and ad-free by the generous patrons who support us to the tune of a dollar a month or more and make it possible for us to think of Aziraphale while we're off in the stars. Visit patreon.com Chipperish to find out more.
1: You can also show your support for Welcome to the End Times by going to Apple Podcast and giving us a review. Or telling your friends about the show in Chipperage Media, or scheduling your delivery 6,000
0: years in advance. We will be back next time with season one, episode five, The Doomsday Option. Until then, I only ever ask questions. That's all it took to be a demon in the old days.